On this episode of the Perspective Podcast, I had a chance to sit down with an artist by the name of Who Is Brax, a pure artist from Mobile, Alabama, but has found his way to Houston, Texas to further his life and music career. The intro track to the pod is titled Cloud 281. It is off his latest project that is self-titled, Who Is Brax. Make sure you check out the full project and the music videos for Cloud 281 and Interstate Miss Calls. Who is Brax music can be found on all digital streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, Tidal, wherever you find and listen to your music. And also make sure you check out his videos on YouTube. All right, without further ado, who is Brax? Let's get it. Hey, bro, yeah. RPG, baby. Recipe that. That shit was tough. <laughs> that, that shit was that shit hard. Oh, my fuck. Oh, but not my nigga. RPG, baby. Yeah, that shit was hard. That's how we start the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, rest, rest <laughs> PG, baby. That's exactly how we start the pod. That should be the name of the rest. Rest PG. And Lil' Saint. And Lil' Gotta do it for Saint. Like, especially outside. So, all right, child, and welcome back to another episode of the Perspective Podcast. Uh, tonight, I am joined by an artist from Alabama, all the way out here in Houston, Texas. He goes by the name of Who Is Brax, and Who Is Brax? We're going to get into that tonight, too. And talk about it. Talk about it. So, Brax, Brax tell, tell me what's good. Tell me what's good. Uh, well, of course, you know. I'm from. Yeah, I go by Marty Lee. You use Brax. Brax yeah. Come on. Once you get to know me, I'm just Brax. But uh-huh. find me on all social media, and I'll let it. Who is Brax? And uh, I'm a rapper, man. I'm a. I'm a rapper. I'm a scholar, businessman. You know, I wear a lot of hats. It just kind of depends on what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? But. We live from the stoop. We Mo- chilling from the stoop. Most dev, most dev. <laughs> we are recording right now, you know, straight from Houston, Texas. And uh, so, uh, Brax, just let's just kind of get like some some detail here. Like, you from Alabama. Got you. But first, what got you into music? Like, what led you there? What led you to the mic first? So, my mom was a model. So I kind of grew up more in the fashion industry, but fashion and music is like right there. Facts. Her younger brother was a producer. So, like, I kind of grew up around it. My pops was a DJ. My godmom is a DJ. So I kind of just, like, had it all around my life. But as far as, like, me actively pursuing music, I didn't start that until way later, like, until I got to college. Okay. Um, I just grew up around a lot of music. Hell so yeah. That's how I kind of started. I started actually on the karaoke machine. Yeah. When I was in, like, sixth or seventh grade. Hell yeah. My homeboy had one that could record. I think we did like a Gorilla Zoe instrumental. I don't remember yeah. which one it was, but we recorded <laughs> over that whole, put it on Facebook. So turned up, yep. what happened? But yeah, as far as really taking it serious, like I want to be an artist for real, for real, and like market myself and go to that next level. I would say it would be around uh, my college years, specifically like around Hurricane Harvey. Okay, we was talking about that story a yeah. little bit earlier, but I got stuck in my dorm room and I got stuck with. This producer named Wave God and my homegirl Michael Misfit. And since we were stuck, we didn't have nothing really 
to do but make music and then that's when we all just came to conclusion like all right bro like we finna try to do this shit for real for real fuck it and let's just get to it right yeah man i mean i had kind of always played with the idea but like i feel like in that moment i was already kind of over college like i was kind of ready to do something outside of like the typical and like the non-defined lifestyle like i'm a person who like to live life to the fullest so i feel like music was something that would well, it is something still to this day that helped me live out different fantasies. Like, I've been able to do shows in New York, hmm. like, travel all over the world, <clears throat> excuse me, just off of music, yeah. just off doing shows, meeting people, uh, connecting, man. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. And so, you talk about Gorilla Zoe, and like, that shit funny, <laughs> but that shit funny because, like, me and my dogs, like, back home, we was fucking with Zoe. Heavy. Thanks, heavy. Like, I remember Zoe had, like, a run where he was, like, he released, like, a tape, like, every single day a month. Like, it was yeah. it was nuts. So, just going back to Alabama a little bit. So, where you from Mobile, right? From Mobile. Okay. So, just tell tell the people, like, what is Mobile? Like, what's, what does it Mobile feel like? Is it country? Is it, like, city? Is it? I feel like when people hear Alabama, they think, like, super country, like, redneck, chilling on a farm somewhere, but... Mobile, a little bit more of a city. I wouldn't say it's quite as crazy as, like, New Orleans. Mm. But I tell people it kind of give you a feel of, like, in between New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and, like, Atlanta. It's like a smaller version of that. And it's in the middle of all those cities. So it kind of get all of that at the same time. Hell, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's on the come up, though. It's right. It's close to a beach. So we get a little bit of that. A little bit of action? Yeah, Mardi Gras. It's, uh, it's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah. Most definitely. And then, like, especially, like, the sound out of Alabama, because I'm not familiar with no other artists. Of course, Gucci yeah. from from Alabama, Dobie, rest yeah. in peace. Uh, and, uh, recently, Honeycomb Brazy. But outside of that... They got a, they got a lot of popping artists from Mobile right now. Um, like you said, Honeycomb Brazy, Young Blue. Yep. Um, yeah. Rollo Rodriguez. Flo I be forgetting Blue from, from Alabama. I, we yeah. just claim him from Baton Rouge. I actually remember... Him giving me a mixtape in high school, like at a basketball game. Come on, we went to the same high school, and uh, he didn't even like sound the way he sound now. It was a while from that, but he was definitely making music all the way back when we was in high school. And I, uh, I remember listening to like this nigga hard, but I don't think nobody seen what you know he is today. But he didn't really, he put he was like one of the first new artists to blow up from Mobile. That's right. I feel like he don't really get a lot of credit, but he really was one of the first artists. It's it's especially it's different whenever you come from the south. Like it's it's really like ATL, Miami, Houston, and even like your outlier cities like Memphis, Dallas, New Orleans, BR, uh, other cities like in Tampa, like in the Carolinas. Like they don't get that love like those other markets do. So. Just coming up, and whenever you started the process of just recording music, like who were some of your early influences? Man, um, the crazy thing is, like, I'm kind of influenced by everything, but if you want to talk about, like, just the people who I look up to, I say, like, Wayne was big. Absolutely. I remember just listening to Wayne in middle school from the time I got on the bus in the morning (laughs) to the time I got home. Facts. Mixtape Wayne, Kanye. That was somebody who, like, everybody around me, like, all the older people, they mm-hmm. were listening to. So I got Kanye very early. Yeah. I think I got Kanye around, like, 
Definitely, like, graduate. I remember the song with Adam Levine, like, all that. Like, I was listening to Kanye earlier. Heard him say. Yeah. Yeah. Pharrell. P. Um, yeah. I listened to a lot of Pharrell. Juvenile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, being right, like, Mobile, like I said, right there by New Orleans. So, mm-hmm. a lot of that music, it, you know, came over to Mobile. But I listened to a lot of alternative artists, too, because my mom used to listen to different artists. So, Amy Winehouse. That's like one of my favorite artists. And uh, you know, like Benny King, some of those Elton John, like some mm-hmm. of those. But also I tell people that like another big influence of mine is the game Guitar Hero. Okay. <laughs> and that's just because that. <laughs> that introduced me to rock music. Like I just remember being in like middle school. And going over like my white friend's house, or, you know, my friend, the homies, yeah, yes. the homies, going over the homies crib. Yeah, that was they didn't look like me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they introduced, they put me on like Guitar Hero and Rock Band, and then they would put me on other rock songs. And I guess I just didn't have that at the time in my environment. Mm-hmm. So like when I started catching, I'm like, oh shit, I'm fucking with this, you know what I'm saying? I download more and more, start listening to, like Nirvana, Maroon Five, you know, Coldplay. Green Day, like all yeah. of them started just started catching like little rock shit that I was fucking with. Especially at that time too, like I I would imagine that's like mid two thousands, right? So like yeah, like early two thousands. Yeah, so like TRL popping on MTV, yeah. like Sucker Free, of course on BET. You got the greatest programming with like Rap City, one hundred six, man. Followed by I think TV just in general was just up at that time like it was just so much shit going on it definitely was but that's different though like in order to have like a a influence in in rock music you know what i'm saying or Mm -hmm. just alternative music altogether because do you have you well have you gotten to a point where you've incorporated some of that some of those sounds into your music yeah on my project there's a song called cloud 281 Mm -hmm. and that's kind of one of those in between like rock rap songs um and i got some other stuff that i didn't experiment with along the way but i definitely sometimes have not even so much rap r&b type melodies they kind of sound like rock melodies sometimes but also you know i like afro swing music too you know i'm one of those people who like to experiment and i listen to a whole whole bunch of music yeah like different genres i be around djs that dj everything literally so it'd be Mm kind of like a good mix of everything and I'm able to incorporate all that into my music. I want to. I haven't figured out how to get all of it in there yet. Yeah. But I want to. I want to keep experimenting. I'm not running from it. See, and that's the thing that I I do like about releases today. Like, early 10s, like 2011, 2012, 13, like, we would still get, like, full-length projects. It's like 18 records, 23 records. Like, it's hard to really digest all that but now what i do like in the streaming era is where we get to the point where we can like you can have like eight songs nine songs on there and you're able to incorporate different songs so i think that's something that you know what i'm saying you can definitely get up, get up in there too and so yeah what was uh you said you, you were able to perform and go across different states and whatnot yeah what is uh his name some of those cities that, you, that you've been off to and some of your favorite shows man so I did a show in New York, actually. That was, like, my first show ever. Uh, I think that was 2018. No, it was, yeah, 2018. And I went out there, actually, for a sneaker show. Mm-hmm. And they ended up wanting me to perform Fucking at right. the sneaker show. Fucking right. So, uh, I think I had only had, like, one or two songs out at the time, too. Like, it was crazy. But 
they asked me to come out and I remember having a test on a school on a Monday and I didn't know I was leaving until that Friday. Hadn't studied for the test at all. It was like a chance to perform in New York, like my first show. Fuck it, I'm hitting yes. it. Yes, yeah, you know <laughs> yeah, fuck that school shit. I got on the plane, man. And exploring New York too, man. I do not recommend this. But <laughs> I explored New York. I did not study as hard as I should have, but I ended up making a good grade. But yeah, the New York show is always one of my favorites because it's my first show and it's got the. I remember that test. Yeah. And all that, but I've also performed in Atlanta. Um, I'm in Atlanta a lot actually. I've done Frontier Fiesta here in Houston mm-hmm. at the University of Houston. That was like my first festival type feel. That was okay. pretty dope. Yes. Um, opened up for ASAP Ferg. Ferg puts on a show. Yeah. That was, um, yeah, those are some of my favorite shows yeah. right now. You ever sit back and just kind of like watch game from other like uh, artists, performers, whether it's from all genres oh, and just pick time. up? All the time. Like I'm always peeping crowd control. I'm always peeping what artists are doing that's getting these people so turned up. Yeah. I'm one of them people who like energy. And at my yes. shows, like, I want to build it to the point to where I'm getting that energy every song. Like, yeah. I want it to feel like a rock concert. It's a rage. You know <laughs> it's like kind of like Travis. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, you know, yeah. I always watch performers and watch even old performers. Like, if you go back and watch some, like, DMX performances, you know, R.P. DMX. I, like, when he passed away, I went back and watched some of his performances. He had amazing crowd control. Yeah. Like, he had a man, he knew how to go side to side, how to make the people in the back feel like they was in the front, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, uh, to answer your question, yeah, I watch watch people and see how to incorporate maybe some of what they're doing and make it my own, Mm -hmm. you know? So, what what would you really, like, consider your, your, like, genre, your genre that, because, I mean, the music can go so many different ways. So, like, would you consider yourself, like, an R&B artist? Would you consider yourself, like, a rapper, like, in in hip-hop shit, or? I just consider myself an artist. There you go. Uh, if I had to tell you what type of music I make, I'd probably say like road trip music. Yeah. You're going to get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Or kickback music, something mm-hmm. like that. It's something to where it's going to take you through different feelings. Like I might have a song and it might not be as lyrically strong, but it's gonna, it might make you forget everything that you're thinking about that moment and focus on that song and even if that moment i can make you happy like that's what the the point of that was yeah you know what i'm saying spread that good feeling exactly yeah so you know i try to yeah yeah man so when was your your first like release like first full project that you put together yeah who is brax out now that's 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 the (laughs) first one that's the first ep like i said i've been taking this serious for a while but a big thing to me was I didn't want to put songs out that I couldn't live with. So I wanted to make sure like I felt my craft was honed in enough to where I could live with whatever I was putting out. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to say it took me like maybe two years. And it wasn't just the Who Is Brax project. I obviously got way more in my vault. Yeah. But it took me like two years to be like, okay, I can live with these songs. Let's roll with this and then let's build off of this. Is it hard to, um, how can I say, really like decide because like what you are going to release to the people or like do you have people around you that help you kind of like trim some things up? It's a mix of both. Um, Songs are like children. So you know what I'm saying? You like, yeah, I like this song. I like this song. I like this song. So you need them people around you. Don't be like this one here. This one not so much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I quality control myself. I'll never 
show nobody something that I don't fuck with. For real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But once I get those tracks that I fuck with, I normally take it to my team. We'll listen through it. Be like, what y'all think? Which ones should y'all fucking with? Which ones, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah, which ones y'all think are for females? Which ones y'all think are for males? Yeah. Should this be this vibe? Does this give you this feeling? Yeah. I try to, you know, ask questions, get that feedback. Yeah. I even test stuff out. I go to clubs sometimes. There you go. Let that shit play. And see, and read the wrong. And that's, that's my thing. Like, yeah. that's what I do love. Clubs and any, like, social gathering with, like, homegirls around. Women mu- move the music every yeah. time. Like, that's why I like girl DJs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Speak on that a, a little bit more from from a, from a male artist. Like speaking speaking on female DJs. Like man, shout out female DJs. Like I said, my godmother was a DJ, so I had respect for female DJs very very early. Um, but I just feel like like you said, a party not really jumping unless the women having a good time. And who know women better than women? That's that's a fact. Exactly. That's a fact. Yeah, the ladies definitely get get records going, get records moving. Um, I've definitely like sat back and watched some some shit like in, even in Louisiana some things just kind of like stuck and like on campus you know what I'm saying but then those records they would leak out to the locals yeah. and then the local women here and then everything moves from that point and then everything takes off like level is an example like yeah. we heard level rec- records from level they didn't move the women got a hold of it on campus took it off took clean off yeah and so so you got from Mobile, and then you made your way to H-Town. So, yeah, I went from Mobile around the time I was, like, 16. Uh, Single-parent household. Mom got a promotion. Got to help moms. I got two sisters. You know what I'm saying? So we moved to Beaumont. She finessed me, though, because she told me we was moving to Houston. And then the closer we got to the move date, she was like, oh, it's like 30 minutes outside of Houston. 30 minutes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like 45 minutes outside. Then she was like, oh, we moving to Beaumont. And I was like, when I heard, I was like, what what the hell is Beaumont? But Beaumont was actually a cool-ass place, bro. I mean, it was, it had its, it definitely had its cons because it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's not really too much to do. But the people there are cool as fuck. It's got some really cool people there who, you know, they very, very honest and they know how to party and they up front. You know, I really, I really fuck with it. I think they call it Bomaterians. Bomaterians. That's a, <laughs> that's a, I mean, you should. I, I'll roll with it. Yeah, you know what I mean? We're going to roll with that for right Yeah, Bomaterians. Shout out to Bomaterians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Beaumont. I, it's love out there in Beaumont. No, it's, for real, for real. It's, it definitely is in the middle of nowhere, but they get shit moving. Like, they sure. really do. They got some. Artists on the move, too, from out there. Uh, but, yeah, so I went to Westbrook High School out there in Beaumont for two years. And then I ended up going to the University of Houston for college. And that's how I got to Houston. Yeah. And so you go from Mobile, Beaumont, Houston. And were you familiar with the, the screw culture, like the Houston sound, like prior prior to even being in Beaumont? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was I got kind of introduced to it early. Like I said, I grew up around a lot of music. So my uncle, he was a big like. Well, at the time he was a soldier overseas, so he was then I forgot where he was stationed at, but he would always send tapes back. He would always send CDs. It was back before they had iPods. That's tight. We used to have to download shit off LimeWire and shit. He would always send me CDs and like different shit, and I remember that used to be. 
in the mix. Like it have different chopped and screwed songs, and I never knew like what how big the culture was actually. Mm-hmm. But I was familiar with chopped and screwed music. And as I got older, of course, like I got more and more introduced to it. But I got introduced very young to it. Yeah. And that's why like screw culture is just interesting to me because being from Louisiana, mm. like the screw legends would come to my hometown all the time. Like every weekend somebody was in town, whether it was Pokey, Kiki, Hawk, like somebody flip would be mm. there. Like somebody would always be around. And I just wondered like how that sound like really travels because like you said, this is pre internet. Yeah. This is pre any of that like, selling out their trunk. Yeah, it's like yeah. Master P and, and really like legit DJ Screw with it. And so with uh with your music today, what would you say is uh like your favorite record that you've done so far? You have one off of uh, Who Is Brax, the the most my recent. My favorite day? record off of Who Is Brax is probably uh, either Cloud Toy One or Different High. Yeah. But I also like Big Guys for different reasons. Like I remember just the vibe of me recording Big Guys, just being in my dorm room, just geek mm-hmm. <laughs> and just vibing and freestyling Big Guys. Yeah. And then how I got the you know Jay Lewis. Is, yeah, shout out Jay Lewis. Yeah, shout out Jay Lewis. Yeah, Dr. Yeah, yeah. Most of yeah. No, Cash Money, shout out mm-hmm. Cash Money. But yeah, I met Jay Lewis in Miami, and uh, that was my first time in Miami ever. You yeah. know, he hopped on it. So Big Ass got a story. That's always gonna be one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Interstate got a story. Like that voice call on the beginning of Interstate is my mom actual voicemail on my phone. That's tight. You know what I'm saying? So. They all got a story, but if I had to pick one, I'd say Cloud 2A1 or Different Hop. Mm-hmm. And whenever you do actually like sit down, you lock in, you you record, do you you like doing like tapes and records or just like full body project? Because it's, we'll get into album versus mixtape yeah. and album versus EPs in a second. But do you like to lock in with like one particular producer and just lock in and just have that? Or do you prefer the different sounds? I definitely like to get more than one track in with every producer that I feel like helps me in my sound, and I feel like I can contribute to theirs too. Yeah. So, uh, but necessarily putting together a whole project, what I do is I just stack songs, stack songs, stack songs, and then I try to tell the story after that. So I try to tell the story out of the songs that I've stacked and be like, okay, which songs get this across? So that might be with one producer. Because that was the vibe at that time, or it might be a song I recorded with this producer, a song I recorded with this producer, maybe three songs I recorded with this producer, you know? But uh, yeah, I definitely do work with different producers, but I like making multiple songs with the producers I work with. What's that? Your aura is uh, like very like relaxed, right? Mm-hmm. And so whenever it's time to like flip the switch and go into like, I'm just about to write out this record. I'm about to like type it out in my phone. Like, mm-hmm. do you need like separation away from everybody to to really do it? And then you just sit with the record, or like, what's what's really like the process? I mean, like recording. Yeah. Uh, it really depends. I don't mind being in a room with people, but I preferably just like it to be me, the engineer, and maybe one or two other people. You know what I'm saying? I don't like studios filled with people who are not really helping with anything. Yeah. 
I don't really. They just hanging out. Yeah, it's just kind of distracting. You know, even if it's not like them trying to get on the song, they might have, you know, oh, check this out on my phone. Or like, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I'm here to work. Yeah. Um, But also, if it's different situations, because that could be cool in a situation where it's like a house studio. You know what I'm saying? And we don't really have a lot of money on the table for yeah. studio time and shit like that. Like, we just chilling and cooking up. Yeah, you want to yeah. come up with it. Yeah, so. if it's like some fun shit, we like, we just at the crib chilling, cooking up. Like, we could do whatever. But typically, I prefer to be just me, whoever, either recording me or if I'm recording myself, maybe the producer. If the producer is there, that's a plus. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just typically people actually working on the song. Yeah. I've never been able to understand... I mean, some artists that have to have, like, 30 people, like, legit 30 people, like, around yeah. just to, like, produce a record. And I, I get it. It's the energy. Like, I get it, yeah. But I think they're trying to create a vibe. Yeah, that. I think that's what it is. And just like you say, just kind of testing and, like, reading the room in a sense to just kind of see. But I think whenever you sit down, you, you lock in like you do, you, and you just knock knock this shit out. Like, mm-hmm. that's just what it is. Right. And when going back to, like, EPs mixtapes, albums, and then some people just have projects, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like some hold me over joints. Yeah. Um do you would you ever approach them all different? Like E P versus mixtape versus album? Yeah, definitely. Um the way that I would approach them is like an album that needs to be if I'm calling it like my album, my debut album is gonna be like a very it's gonna be more than just music. It's going to be a whole feel, a whole put-together project, a whole put-together idea. With EPs, it might just be different ideas put together. You know what I'm saying? Something that, for instance, I'm working on this summer EP, and it's really just for summertime, just some playful summer music for people to have fun to. Pool party shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I got my second uh, project that I'm working on that's, I don't know what I want to call it yet, but it's a little bit more serious. Yeah. Talks more about like my life and like what I'm dealing with compared to like just fun music. So yeah. kinda. So talk about some of like your life experiences. Like life experiences that because the best I mean, shit, y'all know this, but you rap your life, you yeah. never run out of run out of shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. Unlike like some people uh, enough people fabricate, you know what I'm saying? But you rap your life like you never run out of nothing. So like you ever had to like share like a heartbreak record, you know what I'm saying, so far? Yeah, um, definitely. It's a little bit of heartbreak throughout that whole Who Is Brax tape. Mm-hmm. Um, just on a personal level, like my mom or whatever, like on the interstate track, that's a heartbreak song. Like, I'm sorry, but I gotta keep this grind going. Like, Cloud Two A One on that hook, like I could do this with you or without you. You know what I'm saying? As bad as I want this, I can still do this without you. Like, um, I try to pendejo. I know you're gonna cap in the end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's kind of like it's different things that I take out of different situations, different feelings, different things that I remember while I'm recording these songs. It yeah. might be a story. I might be working on one beat, and it take me back to something that happened in 24. 14, 2015, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's that flashback. Just a flashback that might have happened 
before I was even grown. It could have been before I was even really grown, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, I try to capture my story and, like, the people close to me, like, that story, like, just what I grew up around. I try to bring people into my world as if you was looking through my eyes. Yeah. So my stories are my life. Yeah. My, my music yeah is my your life. music your life my music is my life and yeah. the stuff that I'm around or, yeah. yeah I take it that you like like super hands on from like beat being made to maybe you might have to loop something like I, I just feel like you're super hands on like is is that really the case unlike some people they I just like tr- I don't micromanage now no I'm not like over somebody bad like alright I need this like this <laughs> we need to do this like this like I like to let people get their ideas out and then I let them know. I tell them what I'm going for, what I want. Yeah. Let them do their thing with it. And then I go back and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Let's do this because this is me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, me in the middle. Yeah. Like, I got to add me to it. But I, I love seeing people contribute stuff, like ideas and stuff like that. Especially if they think it can help me because they might see something that I don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I think. You got to be open-minded. You got to stay humble. Yeah. Is it is it ever hard to kind of just trust in a sense like like in the music like whenever you get like sounds back hearing just different sounds because me like I'm one of those people that it's like it's hard to really like trust my work with somebody else mm-hmm. because I'm I'm the opposite <laughs> like I I like to be like for example like I I've, I've tried to work with some other people before but it's not that the ideas don't match it's like timing mm-hmm. in a sense too it's like sometimes some people have like they they agenda I respect it but you know, like you can, you can say, it, bro. Some people shit trash, bro. Some people, no, no. Like some people like, shit do be trash. You gotta, like you can't be scared to call them out. Like mm-hmm. why? Why did? Because I had a lot of people play with me in the sense of like I might ask them to collaborate with me on something, but they don't take it as serious mm-hmm. as they would take something about of theirs. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, why would you give me this type of work and you over here doing something completely crazy? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily, like, a money thing or, like, any of that, because that can all be figured out. But I'm saying, like, on a level of professionalism, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you should approach everything the same as if it was yours, if it's connected to your brand. Absolutely. That's all, yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of brands and whatnot, so just outside of the music, is there... Anything else that you do, like, like clothing or like you do videos, like? Yeah, I'm uh actually just opened my creative consulting company. Speak on it. Yeah, so um, just a creative consultant, uh, really just you know helping people with videos, helping people you know meet the people that they need to meet, people who might not see a vision quite yet. Maybe I could help them contribute. Maybe I could give them advice on stuff like that. But also. It's more so for events, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we throw a lot of like members-only events and like mixers and stuff like that to put people in rooms that you might not typically be in. We, we try to bring people out from different crowds and let them mingle and meet each other and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm also co-owner of a sneaker company. Speak, yeah. Yeah, so um, started that, I think I was a senior in high school, so I'm going to say like 2015. Mm-hmm. Just started with my uncle and... Me and my cousin, and we would travel to, like, different states and sell sneaker cleaner. But I worked at Foot Action, too. You so too, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to <laughs> I worked at Foot Action, and I would stack shoes. And I had so many that I wouldn't wear. You know, I would literally just bomb the bomb. And it's like, you know, I got to make some money because I want some more fresh shoes type shit. 
So I would take the shoes and sell them at sneaker conventions while we were selling like the sneaker cleaner. Mm-hmm. And our inventory just kind of grew from there. Like as we went state to state to state to state, we would meet different people. Um, so now we carry air fresheners, coloring books. We carry, yeah. uh, we have posters and art, sneaker art. You know, we have a little bit of everything. That's tight. Yeah. So uh, in, in between like music, sneakers, consulting, Um, the consultant thing, like, that's literally just, like, like, like... And we know, we're getting it off the ground. Like, it's not something that's, you know, fully, fully, fully there yet. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely a vision for it. And we we definitely plan on helping people get their ideas into the world. Like, we're getting ours in. Yeah, most definitely. It's, it's like, with... with, It's a good dot dot connector. You know what I'm saying? And I, I really hate using that phrase, but it's... It sticks. You know what I'm saying? Like... It really is just one of those situations where you know, like you can put other people on to good shit and quality people. Yeah, that that'd be the most thing. And in between, like uh, the music industry and everything between, have you ever come across the time where, like, one of the homies just like didn't believe in you, or like somebody in between? Oh yeah, you see, that? I see that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Sometimes I feel like the people, people project. Yeah, don't do. You shouldn't do that. No, nah, see, I don't really get too much of that. Like, you shouldn't do that. I get that here and there. What I'm talking about more specifically is like homies not supporting you that you might have grew up with and yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, because I I've grown up with people and they know exactly what I'm on, exactly what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll tell you. Oh, yeah, I'm fucking with it. I like this. But they won't support it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They won't repost it. They won't send it. They won't even play it. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. they might not even help you get it to other people. But they'll do that for an NBA young boy. They'll do that for Raw Wave right? or Travis Scott. You, you know never met this dude. <laughs> never met them. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because you know what I'm saying? I send you know they songs around, too. But I'm saying from a artist standpoint, I feel like you should always support your friend. Yeah. No, that's that's the. I'm on the same page with you. Yeah. Like that's by far like the shit that I hate the most, the absolute most. And it's like, I just talked to you. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what I'm saying? And like you, you saw the post, and it's like, all right. But it is what it is, and I, I think I think that that is important to be able to spot that too, though. Yeah. Like instead of just be like, oh well, maybe nah. Like sometimes those people should have should do more. Yeah. Like and I, I'm I'm definitely one of those where like if, if it's the homie, we we gonna push it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same way. If it's the homie, I'm gonna support. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna repost. I'm gonna send it around to people. You know, I'm gonna help all I can help at least. What's but, on? Go ahead. Um, somebody told me today it's so new to watch. She told me, don't watch what's coming in. Watch the people that stay. Yeah. Watch the people who start with you and yeah. support you at the beginning. But yeah. when you start blowing up people if they still do that you know if they still repost and he said watch that people that's a fact i yeah. fuck with that yeah i fuck with that that is the truth though and uh in between um like music and then uh, aside from the creative process there what was your 2020 like man so i literally graduated college december Respect. 2019 so that was like Boom, graduated college. So 2020, I started a corporate job, like January 6th, I think. Damn. Straight into corporate America, right? So I had... Can't can't wait for this. Go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I had one of them. I pretty much was was training to run a warehouse. 
Um, that was my job, operations manager of a warehouse, pretty much. Uh, and I was working at a chemical company for aquatics, so we would distribute just different, like chlorine and acid and stuff like that. So we were essential business technically, mm-hmm. so we never really Stop. shut down. Yeah. So. You know, I was working the whole 2020, but I'm thankful that I was working while everybody was chilling. Yeah, posted. Because, yeah, it really, I mean, thank you, I didn't lose my job, first off. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very thankful I didn't lose my job, but second off, it just really taught me, like, okay, this is really what corporate America is. This is your first taste, and this is cool, and, you know, I feel like people can get a lot out of corporate America and people can get a lot out of, you know, just following that path and moving up and companies and stuff like that. But it wasn't for me. Yeah. Like it wasn't something I didn't enjoy doing every day. It was hard for me to go to work. You know what I'm saying? I just knew like my creativeness was dying. Like every day I was at that. Your shit is getting stepped on. Like, (laughs) yeah. So, um, yeah, my 2020 was a year realization. Yeah. And that, and that was kind of like the, like, lack of a better phrase, but, like, the come-to-Jesus moment. You yeah, know what I mean? That was the come-to-Jesus moment. It's like, all right, bro, you had college to save you. You've been doing all this recording. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you in college. You got to, you know what I'm saying? But now you be out here. We working. Like, yeah. are we going to continue to do this artist thing? Are we, you know what I'm saying? If not, then we need to jump Yeah. and do this corporate thing full time. And I'm like, nah, bro, it's not me. I'm just not a nine-to-five person. Same. You know what I'm saying? But I respect them. For sure. Oh, no, no. It's, it's, it's spaces for those people in the world. And mm-hmm. I totally respect it. Shit. I'm balancing them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would rather be doing this all day. But exactly, it, yeah. it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And do talk about like the the fight between the nine to five versus the creative. And I hate using the creative because it's like a buzzword now. But the fight between the two and the difference, like, and what corporate the nine to five does to the it's motivation. A, it's a struggle. Um, because. With corporate, I don't know if it was just a job I was working, but I had to eat a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? I had to have people talk to me in ways that I just had to sit there and take it. And you got to take that with like anything, even with like the the music industry. You know what I'm saying? People going to talk to you and you're going to have to listen. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. But it was just a struggle because they, they pay you well. You know what I'm saying? You got benefits. Yeah. Like you need all that. That shit is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. We're not going to take you to dental. Yeah, it's consistent you know money. Like, yeah. that shit nice. Don't nobody not want that. A you couple know commas here and there every other week or whatever. But it just take away from creative because you're on somebody else's time. Like, you can't have a job like that where you supposed to work you know 40 hours a week mm-hmm. and you have shows in other cities and states and yeah. you're like yeah you know what i'm saying I, I might have to be gone for three four days consistently you know what i'm saying or studio sessions and like today i had a studio session from two to ten what corporate job gonna let you do that once a week not ever <laughs> not ever nobody you know yeah. what i'm saying and then on top of that, you know, my family, they stay in different cities, different places. So trying to balance that and working on somebody else's time to go see, like, moms, go see, you know, grandma, stuff like that. It was just, it was taken away from me. I couldn't move how I wanted to move and, yeah, ended up having to go creative route. Yeah. But it's a struggle. It, you you got to be committed to what you're doing because you might not see that money Yeah. for a while, you know what I'm saying? In the midst of the struggle, do you ever feel like hitting like you hitting those plateaus like in between? 
like you hitting like new levels in in the process yeah um definitely and when i hit those plateaus i feel like those are the times where i feel like okay i need to just go live life yeah like i need to go and do stuff that's gonna take me somewhere and inspire me and motivate me and i feel like that regardless if you work a nine to five or not you should travel yeah and you should it take time your mind. to travel because yeah it opens your mind it lets you see like this world a lot bigger than the environment around you 100 percent. so um yeah when i hit those plateaus and i'm feeling unmotivated i'm like damn man i feel like shit ain't moving and stuff like that like i live life yeah i, I chill out i always come back though always come back and I try to work through it sometimes but in those moments I'm like alright I need to take a trip you need that separation I need to, I need to hang out with the homies a little yeah, bit more man. you know me and my girl need to go on a date more stuff yeah. like that you know what I'm saying yeah that's what that's what one of my exes she would tell me that shit all the time she would be like you achieve things but you never celebrate those things and I, I'm terrible about that like I'd be like cool it happened alright mm-hmm. let's Get to What's next? yeah, let's yeah. get to C while everybody else is celebrating B. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I I'm terrible at that. But uh, you said something in whenever you were saying uh, like the corporate schedule and the balance. Uh, one of my homies, me and him, we argue about this shit all the time, and he says like they're all like the cliche. We all got the same 24 hours. Da 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 da. It's like. <laughs> Bro, shit. you're not being realistic. Eight of them, not yours. When you work corporate time, eight <laughs> of them, you want somebody else's time. And they, they want you to go as hard as you can in their time. And you would want somebody to go if you was paying them. You Facts. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I get that. We got the same 24 hours. And that's true. You do have to be aware. And you have to be aware of what you're doing and how you're spending your time. Mm-hmm. But, realistically... It's really more like twelve hours because you gotta add travel in, you gotta sleep. add sleep. Like yeah, bro, like half your day is on somebody else's time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, man, you gotta get in where you fit in. So yeah. what is the what's the overall goal in in the in the music industry for you? For me, yeah, platinum plaques. We really talking just help everybody, man. Platinum plaque. I want I want platinum plaques for sure. Yeah, I want. I want to hit Billboard. I want to, not that I need that for validation, but I want that for myself. But the most important thing for me is making sure that the people that believe in me, my team, my supporters right here, yeah. that they got something that's going to help them get to their next level. Most definitely. If they got me as an artist, they break me, guess what? Now that's on their resume, and now they can use that to go do even bigger shit. You know what I'm saying? I fuck with that. It's really putting people, like, even though, a artist that I would work with, some of my homeboys and shit, like, putting them on, you know, it took me forever to get to this level, mm-hmm. but I took this route so you didn't have to, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm one of them type of people. It's like, it might have took me years to meet uh, uh, Alger, yeah. but if I feel like I got a homeboy who he will really work well with, I'm not finna hide them, I'm not finna stop them from shining. Not ever. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's some hating shit to me. That's 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 bro, what? <laughs> that shit hating like a bitch, bro. But yeah, man, the biggest goal is just to help the people around me get to where they're trying to go while yeah. I'm trying to get to that top destination. The next level. Most step, most step. Well, so just uh right before we just kinda wrap up, just kinda tell the people where they can find you, like on your socials, your your YouTube. Gotcha. Uh, just kind of expound, expound on that a little bit. Yeah, so you could pretty much find me everywhere on um, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, who is Brax, all together. So W H O I S B R A X, question mark. Question mark. 
and then the W and the B are capitalized. Straight up. The Instagram, you can't have a question mark, so it's an underscore. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and so he does, Brax, he definitely has Who Is Brax out right now on all the major DSPs. Interstate video out now. Interstate video, it is out now on YouTube. Make sure you go check it out. Make sure you like that video. Make sure you share Brax's music. Make sure you comment on like, everything that he got going on. And and Brax, I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody in here that helped set this up tonight. And mm. until next time, y'all, y'all make sure y'all check out the hat store. It remains open. Finescence since ninety-three.com. You can find hats, beanies, face masks. Uh, merchandise later on this year, well, apparel later on this year. And so, until the next time, y'all, thank y'all for checking it out. Until next time, peace. Even if it's love lost, girl, you were fine. You the right person with the wrong time. Oh, God. Oh, Lord.